Hey everyone, what's going on? Welcome to a brand new edition of the Sam Bissell Podcast on the Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. And right now I'm going to be bringing you the latest and greatest going on around the world of Hollywood. Hope everyone is having a wonderful Friday and is ready for the weekend. A lot of stuff to look forward to, of course, but the main thing that I think a lot of people are excited about is the fact that this is the Batman weekend. It is finally here, arguably for a lot of people, their most anticipated film of this year, their most anticipated DC film of the year, kicking off this brand new era of the Batman franchise is finally here for everyone to see after multiple delays because of the COVID-19 pandemic reshoots. There was a whole bunch of stuff waiting for this film to finally come out and we finally have it here for everyone to see in theaters. Last night was of course the the Thursday night previews and we're going to get into the, the potential box office for the film and some of the numbers that it made last night and what it could mean for the next couple of days for its opening weekend. I'm also going to be talking Talking about some potential future things in regards to Batman. So again, this is—it's not going to go into any spoilers. I personally haven't not seen the film yet. I'm going to be going tonight, so I'll have my review up by tomorrow morning for people to check out. But there's still a whole bunch of stuff I want to talk about with the Batman. But the first thing that I do want to talk about to get it out of the way real quick is a trailer that actually came out this morning to kind of close out the week, which has had a bunch of awesome trailers from Bullet Train to Fantastic Beasts and the Secrets of Dumbledore, and we. Close it out with actually a new brand new Netflix film that is set to come out on April 1st. And it is it is the first trailer from the latest from writer-director Judd Apatow, who's done films, the latest one being The King of Staten Island from Pete Davidson that came out in 2020. Of course, funny people, 40-year-old version, knocked up. This is a guy who's directed some amazing and, and written also some great comedies over the last decade plus or so. And it seems like he might not have another really good one on his hands and I remember hearing about this this film back in in 2020 and it started filming in 2021 and it's basically about this this film crew and its cast that is enclosed within kind of a bubble what that films were accustomed to doing because of the COVID-19 pandemic and Judd Apatow decided to make a kind of comedy of that and and showcase people that are kind of isolated from the outside world while making a movie and decided to do a, a funny spin on it and, he, and it's got a great cast first of all you have Karen Gillan you have one of his daughters Iris Apatow being a part of the film breakout star from Borat's subsequent movie film Maria Bakalova who is also Academy Award nominated actress is in the movie Keegan-Michael Key Leslie Mann Pedro Pascal it's an, and, and Kate McKinnon as well it's an incredible cast and I was really interested to see what this would actually look like especially since it was filmed when a lot of these protocols were, were, were still kind of going on when it was filming in early 2021 and I actually really liked the marketing campaign leading up because earlier in the week we saw this trailer with these these cast members in kind of this Jurassic World like setting where they were being attacked by these flying dinosaurs and I think people wondering what the heck is this movie and then Netflix and everyone else was kind of like just wait until the big reveal and this Friday was the big reveal of, of the actual movie that we're going to be actually seeing and that was kind of the spoof the 
and, and included in the actual film that that's kind of the fake film and this is the actual film that we're actually going to to see and I really enjoyed the trailer I, I thought it was quite funny and when you know Judd Apatow he's somebody that mixes a lot of drama with his comedy and watching this one I didn't really kind of see that this feels more like just a straight up fun time that you can enjoy at home and it reminded me a lot of Tropic Thunder meets Reservoir Dogs and some of you might be thinking well Sam why did you think Reservoir Dogs and, and I always bring up that film because I think out of all of Quentin Tarantino's films it's the best at enclosed spaces and having a limited amount of settings and I think even though this one might have a few additional areas that we're going to be seeing throughout the movie it's still enclosed within this space within this this bubble as the title presents itself with and we're just going to be seeing these cast of characters just do something kooky and crazy and it has that Hollywood vibe that Tropic Thunder had and you have all these casts of crazy characters as well and I, I really enjoyed what they actually brought to the table with with this trailer. It looks fun, it looks enjoyable and entertaining and I think when you're looking at a Judd Apatow film, that's all you can really ask for. And it's great to see Karen Gillan kind of get more into comedy. I know she's done it through the, the Jumanji movies, especially after coming off of very dramatic turns as Nebula in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's great to see her continue down this road. Uh, again, you have some great comedic legends in here, and you have Judd Apatow's wife, Leslie Mann, who's also a great actress and comedic actress. So it's just, a, again, a really good cast. It seems like a really good premise, a fun time. And again, this is I think this is right up Netflix is Ali, and I think it'll get a lot of success off of it than it actually would, I think, in in theaters. Because with Judd Apatow films, they do well for themselves at the box office. I don't think they're the big hits that his earlier films were, like, knocked up in 40-year-old version, but I do think that the these kinds of films were made for the streaming service in the best way possible, and I'm really excited to see what this one can deliver as well. What did you guys think about the bubble trailer? Let me know down below, and leave your thoughts now to move on to what's going to be taking up of course the rest of the podcast and that has to all do with batman news and again like i said at the top it's finally here batman day batman weekend is here finally for everyone to experience for the very first time i know people that went last on thursday to go see the the film there were early screenings that were happening on tuesday and wednesday early fan screenings in imax to kind of get the buzz going on the fan side because critical the critical reviews did start to come out this early Monday. So it's been Batman mania all week long. And I'm sure that's how Warner Brothers likes it. That's how everyone involved with this project is wanting this week to go. And the big question, of course, is going to be, what is this film's box office opening going to be like? We'll talk about the legs that it can have and its, its subsequent weekends to follow when we get to Monday and Tuesday following this weekend. But right now, it's about how far can this opening weekend go then it seems like it's going to be doing well enough for itself to potentially become the second highest grossing opening of the pandemic era right behind spider-man no way home which did clock in at around 260 million dollars and the batman isn't going to get to those levels for a couple of reasons one you can name because of the three hour mark two you can name because of the the nature of this movie where spider-man no way home was a little bit more on the family friendly side it was even though it dealt with some serious stuff it was still fun and vibrant 
this film is very much more going down the, the dark, serious, gritty, hard tone that maybe you don't want to take your your not your eight, nine-year-old to potentially go see, and you might wait to see it on at home before going to the theaters to see it. But nonetheless, this movie is still going to do very, very, very well for itself, and we'll have a, a better idea of what its actual opening weekend numbers are on Saturday before we get the, the, the estimated numbers on Sunday, and then the final official numbers usually come in on Monday. But still, though, for the, the big question is, how do you want to kick off a movie? And with these big blockbusters, people always look to the opening night screenings that happen on Thursday nights to kind of give a good indication of where a film could potentially go. Again, it's going to be interesting to see what happens today on Friday, what happens on Saturday, but for opening night for The Batman, it still did very, very well for itself as it did gross $21 million on its opening night, which is better than a lot of films have done during the pandemic right now. And when you divide up and you break down the numbers in it within, Thursday night grosses were around 17 to 18 million dollars and then when you take into account the Tuesday and Wednesday screenings that happened previously that accounted for around 4 million dollars. So people are very much excited about this. I remember I, I heard that the Tuesday and Wednesday screenings were sold out, so people are clamoring to see this movie and again when you look at the opening nights for DC films this very much falls within the upper echelon of of opening night screenings. You have still two Batman films that are still the highest grossing within the within that ranking. The Dark Knight Rises from 2012 still holds the highest grossing on opening night. It has $30.6 million. Then right below it, it's Batman v Superman, which came out in 2016 at $27.7 million. And then right under that is where you would put the Batman. And then right below it, it would be the Dark Knight night from 2008 which grossed 18 and a half million dollars then you would have justice league at 13 million dollars and then coming in at the i believe it is the sixth spot now would be wonder woman the first one in 2017 grossing 11 million dollars so when you look at that list again just from the opening nights the one thing that stands out above all else and we love wonder woman we love superman they're 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 the you, you talk about the unholy trinity within dc they do very well for themselves but they're not Batman. Batman is still the king of the DC universe. No matter how many iterations you do of the guy, he is still king of the DC universe. And when you look at The Dark Knight Rises, that's Christian Bale. Batman v Superman was the first time we saw Ben Affleck on screen in that role within Zack Snyder's universe. And now coming in at $21 million is Robert Pattinson's version of the Cape Crusader. So again, no matter how many times you do an iteration, he's still a very popular character. People want to see these new iterations. And again, I think when you look at the marketing campaign, the looks that we've gotten for this film, it's gotten people really excited about this new take on Batman. And, and you also take into account the positive reviews that it's been getting from critics. And you're also getting fan reviews now coming in as well. I'm very curious to know what the cinema score is, which if you don't know, the cinema score is basically the, the overall exit survey that people will take when they come out of a movie theater. And that kind of, when you aggregate all the, the positive, negative reviews and reactions that people are getting coming out of the theaters that will accumulate to a letter grade that you ultimately end up having a film see over the next couple of days. So that will be very telling to see what audience members actually think about the movie. But based on the dollar amounts and the dollar signs, it's doing very well for itself. And again, it's a matter of, I think, it's going across $100 million 
but how much? Is it going to be between the projected 100 to 120 million dollars? Is it going to be some of the higher above expectations where some people even have it making 140 million plus? I have it around that 150 million dollars. I think it'll perform above expectations, but we'll see what happens. Again, when you look at this and you look at some of the factors that could play into it, again, three-hour movie, it's it's going to take a lot out of people. So, I, but again, I, I don't think that's going to be a huge detriment because we've had films since before then, like Avengers Endgame, that have been that long, but people still enjoy it no matter what. But still, you got to take that into consideration. Again, the the nature of the movie is a is a, a huge key factor to that. Again, as well. But but again, I think this is a great start for the Batman. Again, we'll see what it does on Sunday and potentially on Monday or Tuesday. Whenever I do my podcast on those two days, I will talk about the the box office recap and the final results for what happened this opening weekend. Again, I don't think it's going to gross $200 million plus. It's not going to get to No Way Home status, but I think if it gets to within anywhere within $100 million, I think Warner Brothers will be very, very satisfied. I think especially within the 120, 140 range, they'll be very, very happy, especially since this costs around $200 million. We also still have to take into account the worldwide estimates, what it's going to do overseas. It has a China release, so it's going to hit the highest, big, the biggest market in theatrical exhibition right now. So there's a lot of factors that are going to be playing into this, into the, the potential success, hopeful success of this film, because this is a, not just within the DCEU and the DC universe, but Warner Brothers and DC is looking for this to kind of kickstart their own Batman universe where you're going to have all these different properties connecting to this Robert Pattinson version of the character and that kind of leads into the next thing that I want to talk about within the Batman universe and that is news that came out over this week in regards to the spinoff shows that are going to be coming from this from this movie and again I have not seen the movie yet so when talking about this I'm just merely speculating on some of these factors that could play into it I'll have a clear idea after seeing the movie tonight but over the week we've gotten a lot of of course press interviews and a lot of profile pieces from Robert Pattinson and Matt Reeves and it's great to kind of see Matt Reeves talk about his future plans for this franchise and we heard over the last couple years or so Matt Reeves talk about what he wants to do with this within this universe and we've we've heard announcements that there's going to be a couple of spin-off TV shows that will be appearing on HBO Max as Warner Brothers wants to include their big comic book franchise within kind of spinning off into their streaming service kind of like what the MCU is doing on Disney Plus and we've of course gotten Peacemaker which was a huge hit and now it seems like we're, we're going to be getting multiple new iterations or multiple new shows from this universe coming from Matt Reeves and in a in an article that he was talking to to the Toronto Sun Times I believe he talked about the future of those spinoffs and he gave some interesting new revelations in regards to what we could be experiencing coming from the future of his universe we're doing this Penguin series, and one of the great things about that is Colin Farrell. He's like you've never seen him. He's so incredible, and he's a scene stealer. Along the way, we thought maybe we could do his character as a series, so I talked to HBO Max and showed them Colin in the movie and spoke to them about about what this could be, and they said, let's do it. So we're doing that, and we're doing another series that connects to Arkham. So we are talking and thinking about the next movie, but to be honest with you at the moment, I really want the audience to connect with this, and I really believe they will because I think Rob is an incredible Batman. So it seems like 
when you read that, you can kind of get an idea of the prioritization, the prioritization of Matt Reeves and what he wants to do within these HBO Max shows down the line. And we did get an announcement that there was going to be the first show from there would be a GCPD spinoff show that would kind of be a prequel from the Batman that would take place in his in the Batman's year one journey of being the Cape Crusader as the Batman takes place in year two. And then, of course, the next spinoff we heard about was The Penguin. And after seeing the trailers, and I'm sure after people have seen the movie, it seems like there's a reason why they decided to do that. And it seems like the audience members and the studio heads have the same sentiment where they want to see more of Colin Farrell's Penguin. And again, just from seeing the marketing campaign material, I'm all down for it. He looks incredible. And it seems like the new thing that was kind of announced from this article was that we were going to be getting a new Arkham Asylum show and that was something that we hadn't heard about whatsoever and it kind of brings into into question actually a little bit there was one show in addition to the Arkham show that was not mentioned and that was the GCPD show so it kind of begs the question is the Arkham Asylum show going to be taking the place of the GCPD or is the GCPD show scrapped or is it on the lower list of things that they're looking at over the Arkham Asylum and Penguin show so those are the questions that I have coming out of this news in this article that Matt Reeve gave and when when you talk about the Penguin show of course that makes a lot of sense but when you look at the Arkham Asylum show, I think that would be a great idea. It seems like maybe the Batman and and Arkham within that movie has a big part to play. And I think over the iterations that we've gotten from Batman, whether it's video games, the Arkham Asylum games that we've gotten over the last decade or so, or from the animated show, from the movies, there's a lot to be played with in that, just in that one location because of the litany of villains that we could get from there, the interesting characters, the mythology from that place. I think there's a lot to really kind of tap into. And if there's one person that again can do it based off of the the understanding the understanding of the lore of the Batman, it's Matt Reeves. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Again, the GCPD show, not hearing about that concerns me. Again, not knowing if it was scrapped or not. I like the idea of showcasing a the year before and showcasing what the what the police were like, especially when we talk about the 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 mob world of Gotham, the corruption that we're probably going to be seeing in the film. I, I would be very interested to see from the the police side of things how deep that really truly goes. So I hope that's still in development, and it's just again that they're just showing off the list of what is closer to getting done than is not. So it seems again like the Penguin one is at the top of the priority list. Then it seems like it could be this Arkham Asylum one, and then it's going to be the this potential GCPD if it hasn't been scrapped already. So we'll see where it goes. But again, this gets me very excited for the future of, of the Batman. And again, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, if there's one single comic book character that can really develop his own shared universe, I do believe it is the it is Batman. And I think, again, if there's one person that seems like can take control of that, it's Matt Reeves because, again, you talk about Gotham City and it's, it's about crime and corruption, but you have this litany of rogue galleries of villains that are so interesting to really kind of get to really know and understand that I think it could very well work that you just launch all these spinoffs and movies within this one essential character 
character and you can't really do that for a lot of characters within comic book lore but i think the batman is the one that you could certainly try to do with and have it work so we'll see where it all leads to but of course it's going to come down to what people think of this first film and hopefully like everyone else is saying it's worth the wait and again i'll have my review for that on saturday and then the last thing that I want to talk about when it comes to the Batman is actually speaking, kind of going back to the box office a little bit, specifically going to the box office in conjunction with the biggest theatrical chain within the business. And that, of course, is AMC Theaters. And in a surprise move earlier in the week, it was announced during an investor call that, according to its CEO, Adam Aaron, that AMC will be charging $1.50 more in its ticket prices than they usually would. So if you want to go see the Batman, you will be paying more money than if you were to see Uncharted or if you were to see Death on the Nile or Scream or Marry Me or any any other films that are playing in your local AMC right now. If you were to see any other film but Batman, you would be charged the same regular price. But if you were to go see the Batman, you'd be paying a little bit more than you usually would. And the, the, the reasoning for why Adam Aaron gives it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense, but this is one of the reasons for why he said it. This is all quite novel in the United States, but actually AMC has been doing it for years in our European theaters. Indeed, in Europe, we charge a premium for the best seats in the house, as do do just about all other sellers of tickets in other industries. Think sports events, concerts, and live theater, for example. Now, if we were in maybe pre-pandemic times and, and COVID wasn't around and we didn't have to delay a bunch of films, no businesses had to shut down and everything was striving and everything was all good in the world, maybe you could experiment this with a little bit. But we're not in that world right now. We're in reality. And right now, you do not want to be doing this when you're trying to resurrect the business of the actual exhibition. You just cannot do this right now. And when you when you charge people to go see a movie that it's tough to, to get people to even go to movies in today's day and age, when you have other variables in play, streaming or other activities that people can go and do, it's you don't want to be neglecting people to go to the theater theaters when it comes to payment, especially in a time and day and age right now where money is tight for a lot of people and they might not be able to pay a whole lot for multiple tickets, why would you want to dissuade them more for going to the theaters? If Even if it's for $1.50 more, that's still a lot of money because for a local, let's say if you, go, if you were to go to, to New York City, to pay for an IMAX screening is around 20 bucks, sometimes $25. Then you would be paying $26, $27 and that's just for one person. Imagine if you're a family and you wanted to go see the Batman, you're paying well almost around a hundred bucks just for four tickets to go to the movies. And for a lot of people, that's just absurdity. And I'm somebody who loves going to the movies. I will go any day of the week, anytime, any place, no matter what the ticket price is. But a lot of normal, average, everyday people that don't go to the movies a lot are not me. And they will only go in sporadic times to see things that they really want to go see. Like a Spider-Man No Way Home, like a Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, like a Batman. And you want to you want to give people the reason to come to the theaters, not turn away from them and wait for this thing to come onto a streaming service or for a cheaper price on VOD because people will do that. And so I don't think from a business standpoint, this was the, the right 
play because it shouldn't be about getting the highest, earning the most money that you possibly can. You want to still do that, of course, but I think there's still, you want to still, there's still stepping stones to recovering from all of this right now from the pandemic. And you want to just get people back into the theaters. And there's not a whole lot of big budgeted blockbusters to really do that. The last one, even though we had Scream and Uncharted have done well to begin 2022, they didn't do what Spider-Man No Way Home did. It was Spider-Man No Way Home. And now this, the Batman is the biggest event within pop culture, within movie going at the moment. And that's two years, uh, not two years, but two months that passed. When we talk about from the Batman, the potential next big blockbuster to come out isn't Fantastic Beasts and the Secrets of Dumbledore, all due respect to the Wizarding World, but it's probably going to be in May when you have the next MCU edition in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So you're going from the beginning of May, uh, not of, of from the beginning of March to the beginning of May, another basically two months without any big competition or any big movie to entice people to go to the theaters once again. And, and, and so I just think that should be the goal right now instead of getting instead of increasing the prices to get more profit off of it, which again, that's the business of it. And I, if we weren't in a pandemic, that'd be more understandable, experiment with it. But you don't want to experiment it right now. You should be experimenting in aspects to get people back into the movie theaters overall, no matter what the ticket prices is. And what's very interesting about this as well is the fact that George Lucas and Steven Spielberg kind of predicted this years ago, like about around like a decade ago, when they were talking to a lecture hall, I believe that was at the University of Southern California, in the in the eventization of movies and basically movie going, movie theater going would be become an event, like it would be like going to a concert or a sporting event, and that ticket prices would become astronomical to meet those standards. And this is what Lucas had to say, and then I'll talk about what Spielberg said as well. So George Lucas said, bigger theaters with a lot of nice things. Going to the movies is going to cost you 50 bucks, maybe 100, maybe 150, and that's going to be what we call the movie business. But everything else is going to look more like Cablevision on TiVo. And then this is what Spielberg said in conjunction to that. There's going to be an implosion where three or four, or maybe even half a dozen of these mega budgeted movies are going to go crashing into the ground. That's going to change the, pa- the, the paradigm again. There's going to eventually be a day and date with movies, and eventually there's going to be a price variance. You're going to have you're going to have to pay 25 to see the next Iron Man, and you're probably only going to have to pay seven to see Lincoln. And again, apparently that was from nine or so years ago when they were fortune tellers, and that's exactly the day and day and day and age that we live in right now, where. Everything from what George Lucas said, this was when streaming was just starting to come around. Netflix was really kind of the only thing we had. Now we have all these different streaming services. That's what everyone is competing with right now, not necessarily Cablevision anymore, but the next iteration of that. And for Spielberg, it's exactly right where you're paying so much for these movies because they're major events, and that's what movie theaters and movie chains see as what's driving people to go to the big screen, especially at this particular moment in time. They, they wouldn't, they, they couldn't have predicted that the pandemic would do this, but again, it, it rushed that this process that was probably a decade or so in the and still in the making of happening slowly was rushed because of the pandemic, basically. So everyone is still adjusting to all of this, but again, they're some of the greatest filmmakers of all time and they are fortune tellers for the industry. So I, I, we should probably still listen a little bit to Steven Spielberg 
and George Lucas in, in this day and age still because it seems like they still have a pulse on what's going on even if that if that was quotes that was taken from nearly a decade uh, ago so uh, again a lot of stuff happening on on the Batman front this weekend again 21 million dollars it's opening night what do you guys think about that do you think it's going to crack over 100 million dollars or more do you think it could maybe make 160 170 million dollars also what do you think about the spin-offs do you, which one are you looking forward to if you've seen the film are you looking forward to a, a penguin spin-off show with Colin Farrell again no spoilers just put it down below a, a yes or no or one of these other spin-off shows from this Batman universe are you interested in that and also in regards to AMC and them charging more to see the Batman if you have experienced that now were you happy with that were you not happy with that would you go again to see the Batman let me know down below and leave your thoughts but with that all down and out of the way that will do it for this edition of the Sam Bissell podcast once again everyone thank you so much for tuning in be sure to check out my channel for more content you can check me out on Spotify Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio Public SoundCloud and much more also make sure to tune in on to the ambiguous podcast solution and be sure to check out the other amazing shows that are on the podcast, such as You Mad Bro, the number one source to see what the internet is pissed off about on a weekly basis. Also check out goal-driven professionals, geared toward improving client relations, return on investment, and customer acquisition costs for independent businesses and services. Also check out The Daily Grind, a weekly motivational podcast with Kelly Johnson, giving you everyday tips and key takeaways on reaching your goals. Also along the way, make sure to check out these other amazing shows on the podcast solutions, such as Wrestle Attic Radio, WrestleMania Podcast, and Midnight Showing. You can check these out and so much more on the website, ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. Also on Facebook and Twitter at Real Ambiguous. And if you want to check out Canopy Treehouse, use the coupon code AMBIGUOUS. Also, when you get a chance, make sure to follow me on social media. You can find me on Twitter at Basel Samuel. That's B-U-S-S-E-L-L-S-S-I-M-U-E-L. And also on Facebook at Sam Bissell. Guys, once again, thank you so much for tuning into this edition of the Sam Bissell Podcast. Again, I will have my review for The Batman coming out probably sometime tomorrow morning on the podcast. If you want to check out my Twitter account, again, I just listed it. I'll have my immediate social media reaction later on tonight when I finally go see this film. But hopefully you guys enjoy The Batman if you're seeing it this weekend. Enjoy anything else that you're doing in the next couple of days. I'll see you guys again on Monday and Tuesday, of course, to recap the box office for The Batman and so much more. And again, I'll have my full review, non-spoiler review, for the Batman on Saturday sometime within tomorrow. But until then, guys, keep on screening.